All right. Today I am talking with Ryan Strange, and he is a senior from East Granby, Connecticut, who is a government major and education minor. And at Bowdoin, he's part of the Entertainment Board, Res Life, and is a mentor at the Hartswell Coastal Academy. So um, we're going to talk about three questions. Um, the first will be, um, what's most important to you? The second will be, what does a liberal arts education mean to you? And the third will be, what do you wish your professors knew about you? And I'll be responsible for getting us through those questions, so don't worry about it. Awesome. Um, so it's the very beginning of the semester, too, and Ryan and I were just talking about that we felt very tired Yeah. yesterday, or last week. Yeah, Did you get rested after... Um, after the weekend, or are you still, as a member of Res Life, are you still going um, all through the weekend after classes start? Yeah, it's crazy. It's Res Life training. I did not imagine it would be like 12-hour days, um, and they really keep you on schedule, and they keep your breaks on schedule, so um, it, it was it was insane, the, the whole the whole uh, training process, but I guess starting school, we're just getting back into like doing homework, doing work. Um, so I've, I found times to just like kind of take care of myself, mm. um, which is nice. And I got like nine hours of sleep last night, which I'm thankful for. Um, wow. It's always good. And you know, I felt really good waking up this morning. Good. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably come back to res life yeah. and issues about taking care of yourself in a little... Bit. Yeah, um, but let's start with um, what's most important to you. That's a great question. I think at the moment, I would say, at this particular moment, I would say myself. Um, this I don't know why, but I felt like I have I'm like a freshman again this past week. I don't know really? if that's the process of understanding that this is my last year here and I'm going to transition to the real world and kind of I'm trying to figure out what I truly want to do and like my passion um, and that's kind of nerve-wracking but I don't know I feel like I've in a way I'm just I'm just kind of nervous overall and so uh, I don't know talking to my family and friends and they've noticed that I've been all over the place in general that I really need to take care of myself, and I think I've just been doing little bits and pieces of self-love and mm -hmm. self-care. Yeah, so what does that look like for you? What does self-love and self-care like, look like? Most of the time I do forget, I don't know, this is my problem, so I need to, I do forget to do these things every once in a while, so I, I don't know, I just take time to kind of take note what is going on in my life and laying it out for myself and then I will, I don't know, I would generally make sure I'm getting enough sleep out, I'm working out, I'm eating, eating right um, and I know I'm just very content with myself and I know it's difficult because I'm the type of person that if something goes wrong I'm like all over the place, I'm so paranoid and it's, it's a mess because I'm telling you like this past week and my friends can tell me I have been a mess. Um, and, I don't know, over, like, really stupid things that involve Bowdoin, Bowdoin life, but, um, 
I don't know. It's I'm, I feel like I need to get better in that, and I don't know. I have hope for the future too. So, yeah. What do you do? You have any inklings about what your passion is, or where that resides? It's funny because I, I don't know. I've always seen myself as a a people person, and I hope one day, like I can have a job that is directly working with people and getting to know people and just those interactions. But I don't know, right now I feel like it's somewhere in the entertainment industry. I don't know what specifically, and that's kind of nerve-wracking and annoying. And I, it's funny, I was having a conversation with my godmother yesterday, and she was saying like, how do you not, how do you not know really what you're gonna do? Like you're at a spot where you need to find out. And she's like, this is the problem with liberal arts education. <laughs> you guys are just, I can read, I can write, and not really have a specific uh -huh. thing. Um, which I, like, there's some, plus that with me, I'm very indecisive, so that, that doesn't help at all, but, um, I, I don't know, I think over, overall, I would want to work in entertainment. I was at HBO this past summer, and it was just amazing, and I... What kinds of things did you do while you were at HBO? It and was you were in LA. LA, and, mm -hmm. so it was my first time on the West Coast, and basically I was in, like, the Cinemax miniseries and films department. And with that, I would basically assist all the assistants, so if they need anything, if they work on any projects, and I would help them with that. I read a lot of scripts, I watched a lot of shows before they aired, and just try to provide feedback, and I don't know, I was kind of like a sponge, I tried to absorb everything, because I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. so I, I'm still working on it, but I don't know, it was a good start into this like direction. Did you get to give feedback at all on issues of race in the media? Um, I'm just curious if that came up for you, since there's yeah. often such talk about what kinds of representation of people of color yeah. do we get um, in our in our entertainment. I'm curious if that came up at all. I I think it's definitely a discussion that is it's it's known in the industry and. Even in the workplace, I've had discussions with interns and also executives about it. And for the fact that, I'll say this, like HBO, it's there's not a lot of diversity there. And Are you talking about in the programming or in the, um, in the employees and staff? Employees. And, yeah. um, and they're working on the programming. They've, it's, been, it's a lot better than how it was in mm -hmm. the past when they, I don't know. It's only like less than 50 years old, too. So it's, it hasn't been like too long but mm -hmm. um they're definitely like trying to cater to the audience too and try to um expand their audiences too so they're coming up coming out with a show called insecure which is stars Issa ray who did the web series awkward black girl mm -hmm. and it's her show and it's fantastic um but also i remember talking to an executive um in the films department and he explained how he had some cases where he was in a room with a group of other executives and uh, someone would tell him, like, you were just here to fit, like, a quota. And what you, like, say doesn't really matter. And that's, I don't know, I worry about that, too. I worry, I'm very conscious about race and just all those dynamics around me. I think from a very early age, just from where I grew up and who my parents being in an interracial relationship. I don't know, I've been always been aware of that. So uh, it'll be interesting 
as I move on in the workplace, observing that and trying to navigate that overall. So what did you like about the entertainment industry if you know that it might be a challenge going into it, right? And there might be dynamics in play that you're going to have to negotiate. Yeah. Uh, what appealed to you? This might sound weird, but I kind of find an excitement in the fact that you have to grind and just like network and you meet tons of people. And they say too, it's like, it's a very, it's a, it's a big industry, but everyone truly does know everyone in a way. And it's odd to like thinking about that, but you can pinpoint like who knows who and everyone's connected. Um, even though it may, might not seem that way, but I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm really nervous too, if I ever, if I do indeed, like right now I really want to do that, because I just don't know what I specifically want to do, um, but for the fact that, I don't know, if I learn how to grind and really find my passion, then I'll, I don't know, it'll be good. How was it that you, um, as in, were you an intern this summer? Is yep. that what you, how are you able to, as an intern, also be interacting with executives? How did that work out? It's funny because, like, in a place like HBO, you only see, um, also, I always say it's funny, or, like, no kidding. I, always, I just <laughs> always realize that now. <laughs> um, in a place like HBO, it's, there's not really an in-between all that much, it's, basically the executives and their assistants. So there's not a lot of room for like growth, really. You would have mm -hmm. to leave and come back if you want a higher position. Um, yeah, so they were very kind and they would be open. As long as you fit in their schedule, you can sign up for meetings with them and uh, ask them anything, which is really cool. And they, they love it when interns ask them questions just about how they got to where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, a lot of these executives too, they didn't graduate with like film degrees or anything like that and their trajectory it's true <laughs> it's so weird the guy who I worked under was Karian Tholis and he graduated Bowdoin in the 70s um, he was a history major I believe then he got his masters at Stanford for like history again but then he got his law degree at Georgetown then he got into the entertainment industry I'm sure he's done a lot in between I know he traveled but that's how he got there uh, but now hmm. you see kids coming out of school with film degrees trying to right. get in the entertainment industry. So it's a lot different. Right. Yeah. What was the strangest thing you experienced in L.A.? Oh, that's a great... That's such a good question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many... Okay, the strangest, though. Um, oh, that's such a good question, Doris. Um, I would say the strangest thing, <laughs> alright, uh, the strangest thing, I'm trying to think what it would be appropriate, <laughs> um, I left it open, so, yeah. so you could, so you could, uh, curate the appropriate, yeah, the appropriate, uh, Alright. Story. <laughs> okay. I'll say this. This is I guess it's it's an experience. Um I'll leave the name out. So I went 
I lived with Alma, who is a, a another senior at Bowdoin, and she this is her second year at HBO, and she was in a totally different department. Um, where her department they connect charities and foundations with HBO, so okay. like a lot of charities, HBO sponsors a lot of like things with them, and she goes and she works like with talent, and she'll go off site and like have campaigns and everything. Um, so, but she, her. Basically, her department got tickets for Outfest, and it's basically like a, um, a festival for LGBT films um, mm-hmm. coming out, and we went to go see Other People that's coming out in the fall, and it was phenomenal. It started Molly Shannon, and it's, it's, it's such a good film. And so, we go with Random that. Random Connection is yeah. I have made out with Molly Shannon's husband. Get out of here. Before he was, she was, Mo- before he she, was Molly Shannon's husband. Get out of here. Yeah. How? Where was it? It was in Brooklyn. Get it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you, but you made the connection years later when you knew, like... He or started he... dating her later, you know, shortly after. Get there was out of here. A very... Unimportant makeout session. That is in, too funny. Yes. No kidding. I think his name was Fritz. Get out of here. That's yeah. it's a small world. Yes. Okay, anyway. So I saw you, her. You didn't make out with Molly I, Shannon's I, I, husband. I didn't make out with Molly Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. But no. Um, but I love Molly. And so there's an after party. And... Um, at the after party, I was with, like, a bunch of interns and, like, HBO employees. Then, they basically, I, I had to get through the crowd, and once I got through the crowd, I waited on the side for my friends. So, this guy walks up to me, he's like, hey. I was like, hey, what's up? He's like, why aren't you my boyfriend? I'm like, Jesus. First off, this guy's old. He's, like, really, like, older. Wait, Doris. Wait, you just wait. So, he's older and I, I'm just like not really interested but I, you know I'm like I'm in LA I'm gonna make a connection right now and I, I don't know how it's gonna go so I, we end up talking he ends up being an actor and he's in a film coming out that has like there's a lot of controversy with the film right now um, for things not pertaining to the film but also the film itself and it's a fantastic film I haven't seen it yet um so, he was, like, talking to me, like, about that, and I'm just like, cool, cool, cool. Um, he hands me his card, and then I go off back into the, with my friends, and then I end up keeping in contact with him. Um, his age ended up being 57, <laughs> and I, I talked to my, like, parents and, like, godmother and other people asking for advice, and... You know what? They said, like, honestly, it's just a connection. Um, and I kind of tried to keep it that way throughout our interactions, which it was kind of, I made sure I did that, but I've never experienced anything like that before, mm-hmm. making connection with someone over 50 like that. But now we're just friends, which is nice. Yeah. Is 57 about the age that your grandparents are? They're my, that's my parents' age. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, that's just, like... Well, they just turned 58 last, like, couple weeks ago, but, yeah. So, I, I'm just, like, it was just so odd how that all happened, but I made a connection, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Very um, nice guy. 
All right. Yeah. So we'll change that. the... <laughs> I actually have a story I'll tell you, but it can't be okay. on, it can't be on the recording. Um, so remind me afterwards. Okay. Um, it has nothing to do with Molly Shannon. Okay. <laughs> um... Which, you know, who knows, like, that's, I'm working off, like, information that's 15 years old. Like, they could have, like, divorced and been married three times, like, each since then. Yeah, that's a good um, point. So, what does a liberal arts education mean to you? So, I was thinking about a lot about this this summer, and also after my aunt said that, because I kind of, I understand where she was coming from, but I don't, I don't think it's, liberal arts education is bad at all. Um, when I think of Bowdoin, I feel like you, you're learning to learn in a way, and you're put in situations where you might not know how, you know, you've probably never been exposed to that certain place or what they do however I feel like Bowdoin prepares you to like develop skills you need in order to adapt to the environment and you do it in a efficient way but you do also you worry about quality in that how you do that and I think Bowdoin does a really good job preparing you for that um and I, I don't know if it's Bowdoin's itself or just me but I'm very I'm indecisive and I panic when I I might not know what I truly want to do, but I think I'm just worried of picking one thing. But Bowdoin does a nice job as a liberal arts institution to expose you to many things, and you can decide from that. And sometimes people mm. are like surprised that they might be into something that they didn't normally think they would be into. Um, Did that happen for you at Bowdoin? Was there anything that you studied that you didn't anticipate when you came from high school and you entered Bowdoin that you didn't anticipate you would study at all, but you ended up really enjoying. Maybe you didn't make it your major, but that you just said, oh, yeah. that, that interesting. Right? I think definitely education classes. Mm -hmm. um, and because I don't know, because I, I have a lot of family who are, who's, who's in education and stuff. And I think I've always had that instilled in me, but I, I, I don't think I've ever wanted to be a teacher, but I've also respected learning about how, ed, like, education in America alone and what that means and how there, there's certain kids who get exposed to, like, good education and there are kids who don't get exposed to good education. And I don't know. I, I find that always, I always find that interesting and how that reflects over into, like, government and just policy mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. um, I think entertainment I never would have imagined at, like I this is at Bowdoin I, that's where I learned that I love that and I think that that's through like entertainment forward like trying to find oh, an actual yeah. campus and developing IVs on a budget that was one thing but also getting connected with Titan Spooner and career planning to apply to HBO and all that and like the film society I don't know like mm. there's so many things I don't think I've like I guess observed before Bowdoin that now I I'm actually, you know, I, I like it. And I, I don't think I could articulate it as I could here versus in high school. So, like, getting connected with people through these organizations and just being on, like, student government last year, that was, I've never met so many people in my life, but I loved it. Mm. And just getting to know people more. 
Okay, so not so we don't exoticize LA. Yeah. What's the strangest thing that's happened to you at Bowdoin? At Bowdoin? I'm assuming strange things happen at Bowdoin. Yeah, they do. Okay. And I hope they do. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't yeah, I <laughs> I hope they do too. I think because maybe because it's such a small school, um, it's kind of like an experiment in a way where you're like a bunch of kids who are around the same age are in a, at one place at one time. You never be like this again, you know, um, be in this place like this. But I think hookup culture in general at Bowdoin is one of the weirdest things and most emotional things. However, I don't know, you, you just observe it and because it's not like, I don't think, I hope it's not like outside in the real world. It's just, it's, it's, it's very odd to me. Do you feel like you can describe what that is like in ways that are appropriate for a general audience? Yes. I would say, it's funny, I was talking to my dad about this last night. Because he thinks that a lot of the times, a lot of the relationships that happen at Bowdoin and these interactions, they're not going to come out of Bowdoin, really. But they do have cases where people meet their, their, their husband or wife at school. And, but I think overall, people are just fascinated and just hooking up with people here and not really going beneath the surface. Mm. Um, and that can be really tough at times. And I think it's just a matter of like people miscommunicating with each other and someone end up hurt, or um, people just only interested in other things other than like a relationship. And I don't know, you end up at the end of it looking at it, it's like a giant web of people connected. And I, can, I think that's kind of odd. And then, so there's like the Bowdoin hookup community, and then there's like the gay community, and that's even smaller than the hookup community. And that can be tough to navigate, too, because there's not a lot of people here, you know, in general. Yeah. Yeah. That is a small pool. Yeah. But I'm lucky, too, that I've had, like, good friends who came before me to, like, warn me and kind of guide me in a way. But right now, I think just voting is just about working on yourself, and I, being single is kind of nice because it's kind of like you're, you're loving yourself in a way making yourself grow as a person, which is not bad at all, mm. like in hindsight, which is nice. Right. Yeah. I just read, um, I'm reading Maggie Nelson's The Argonauts yep. right now, and there's a line in there that I'm going to botch, but she yeah. says something like, I had this time of solitude, um, so I could give you everything, but not lose me. Mm, I love that. Um, you know, so she had this time by yeah. herself, but that it enabled that sort of paradox yeah. to be true. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking of when you talked yeah. about that idea of self love. Yeah, I love that though. I love that quote. Um. So, what do you wish your professors knew about you? Hmm. It's weird, because I, this might be, sound really weird, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I, I particularly, this is weird, I'm not a test taker at all, like, 
I can study material for hours on end, but I just kind of blank out and freak out um, when I get an exam or something. And I, I know I like, I, I'm bound to miss like one or two things that I've prepared for for like countless hours mm -hmm. trying to study. Mm -hmm. And I've been that way since the SATs. I, I, I don't know if it's like a phobia or what, because I, I don't know, I, I threw up the morning of my SATs. I was, I'm just like constantly nervous about exams. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, I, I think I would love a professor to know that I do, I do study a lot, but when it comes to exams, I just, I, I freak out and I, I get paranoid and during the exam and I can, I miss, I could think I did very well on the exam and I botch it completely and I'm like so shocked, but looking back and I'm like, oh, I missed this, 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 so yeah. no wonder I got the grade, but I think I've definitely improved over just like to relax and try to not view it as exam just like a way of like oh this might be a practice and just like knowing what, for what you know mm -hmm. um I don't know I wish that it's weird I, I think I also besides it I try to go to office hours with professors because they're people too but I, I want them to know that I'm like a people person I like to get get to know people on a whole nother level other than just classes and stuff mm -hmm. and like that whole relationship because you know Bowdoin Bowdoin is a wonderful place that you meet people in all lots of walks of life but you you wouldn't know if you actually talk to them and a lot of the time you see people just on their phone walking and just like looking down you don't acknowledge people which is kind of like I don't know that's one of the reasons why even though it's it's gonna start back up in the spring um but he, why I started with my friend Nick Benson, Humans of Bowdoin, just so like, we literally just walked up to people along all over Bowdoin and the quad, just hey, can we talk for like a second? And they would tell us like this crazy story or <laughs> something about themselves that changed them, and it's you can do that like, anywhere on campus, but you know you wouldn't think to do it. Right. Yeah. Tell me, um, why did you? Start. Um, I think it's unusual to join residential life yeah. as a senior. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And so, what made you decide to do it? Because it's clearly a lot of work. Yeah. Um. I think. I I remember when I wanted to join it res life after my soft or my freshman year. However, I felt felt like I. I don't know, I had a tough, I, my boating experience has been up and down overall, and I think it was just more so me saying, like, I can't do this or I can't do this, just tell myself that, and I don't know, I didn't think I could do it, I don't think I would get on, but then it came a point where it was just, like, having more confidence and building my confidence where I applied to all these things, so I, I thought maybe next year would be a perfect year, and I wouldn't have to do, take on as many things, because I know this is, like, you're living on the floor with first years, and that can take up a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So I made the decision to like cut back on certain things this year, not pursue them, and join my life. My proctor, my first year, made he's like one of the kindest people on earth. And who was it? Felipe Camarotti, mm -hmm. and he he's a teacher now at oh, nice. St. George's. Oh, yeah, um, but I don't know, just. Just based off of him and what he's done for me, I felt like, I don't know, maybe I could do that for someone starting off at Bowdoin and 
try to be like an active presence on campus for good and for people to engage in good conversations overall. Because um, we need that here, we really do. Like first, for people to, you can engage with each other and have disagreements, but not be like not be offended, but respect the other person. And at the end of the conversation, you can still respect that person. And as you go out through life and vote and respect them. And I believe that can happen here. And I, after last year and stuff, um, it was I think that it was at a point where people had different opinions on the matter. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people took it to heart. But the important thing that we can exist on campus and grow as people if we just listen to each other, you know? That's really lovely. Yeah. But that's the best reason that anyone has applied for Res Life. Yeah. You must have been like, okay, you had your interview, they're like, all right, top of the pile, <laughs> no. Ryan Strange. It was, I had a group, I was funny, I was so nervous for the interview, but it was just such, such a good conversation overall. And the person who interviewed me, it was Michael. Oh. But... Do you know June, June, uh, Grove? She graduated last year. June Wu? No. Oh, no, I don't know that she She, um, she interviewed me, and it was her first time on Res Life 2, and she was a senior. Mm -hmm. And I think she understood what I, what I was talking about, yeah. too, why she joined mm -hmm. on her senior year, too. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's been fun so far. I'm excited to get to know them throughout That's the great. whole year. Yeah. That's great. Um... And so let's just talk quickly about Harpsville Postal Academy because, yeah. so this, my understanding um, when I left off with it is that several years ago a student of mine uh, responded to a call that we had received um, from Harpsville Postal Academy that they needed some support, especially from for some uh, trans students, but also for sort of the queer and questioning community in general. Yeah. Um, and. And so, um, at that point, this student started the Gender and Sexuality Alliance and was going in and doing activities just to give students a space to talk. Yeah. Um, and the students also had opportunities, the students at Harpswell Coastal Academy had opportunities to talk to their um, school as a whole about what they needed or what was going on for them or sort of educate them about what what made for a safe school and uh, a, a good a school that worked for everyone. And so I've sort of been out of the picture for a little bit, and so now you're a mentor there. What, yeah. what goes on there? Yeah, um, I started last year. Um, so Aiden restarted it um, with you. Yes. And then it went to Sophie Myers who did it for a couple years, but then she went abroad last year. So then Jude Marks and I filled uh, oh. in for her. And I believe all three of us are still gonna do it this year, um, once we settle in and stuff. Um, but basically, every week we go to Harpsville Coastal Academy and we break, like have just discussions based off like an article or a video or just like discussions of kids there who identify as LGBT um, in that community um, just to have like I don't know an hour or so of their time throughout the day um, discuss issues that are important for them and it's funny I think I've always questioned 
doing this for like high school students, but in reality, I think a lot of people even just coming to Bowdoin who've never been exposed to that at all um, in that area might find things in themselves that they, oh, maybe I identify as this or that, um, or just be exposed to people who, who are like that. Um, but doing it in high school, that makes people feel like more comfortable to be themselves and just have an open discussion, um, which is important. Um, and I think that that's the one thing I've learned throughout all of last semester with that. Um, and it's, it's important for kids because that's the age that they're all growing and really um, their formative years. And it's interesting because those everyone in that school is brilliant. <laughs> and just just talking with them, I'm I always I always expect coming out learning something totally new um and I'm, I'm, I'm always excited for that which is nice rather than me just coming in to trying to discuss something with them mm -hmm. I it's a whole conversation where I take away a lot of the stuff maybe even more so than them mm -hmm. I don't know but it's so interesting mm -hmm. and fascinating well that is the same way I feel about these conversations yeah so thank you so much for talking to oh, me thank today you. And I'll tell you that story after I Absolutely. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Thanks, right. Ryan. No problem. Thank you.